0: Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. Um, so so Ab and, Ab and Brian leave Chilliwack to pursue the Headpins. I guess, well, the Headpins, they were kind of, the, that was the band they put together when Chilliwack was off-duty kind of thing, in between tours was something to keep money coming in
1: it actually was more than in between tours what happened when when uh, mushroom went down was they wouldn't let us out of the contract but they couldn't record us so we couldn't there was nothing we could do right and because we were really a recording band at that point you know so so I was able to sustain myself but Ab and Brian needed work so they formed this oh, band. sorry to interrupt, but yeah, that's right. Because that was before Wanna Be a Star. Yeah.
0: Because right. yeah, because Wanna Be a Star was early '80s. Uh, yeah. What, yeah, Wanna Be a Star was '81, yeah. and I remember seeing the Headpins in '79. Yeah, exactly. So okay, okay, good. Okay, so I got the timeline. We Let's
1: actually, see. we actually went in the studio, uh, uh, Water Street Sound and we're recording as chilliwack but on the box it said headpins, and we were recording my girl gone 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 and we were recording uh another tune i can't remember which one was stereo or something like that i can't remember which one it was and we sent those out to management to uh to see if we could get a deal because they they need we're trying to get a new record deal and someone to buy us out of mushroom so we could proceed with our careers right Right. so yeah we were pretending that we weren't recording but we were and so ab and brian were sustaining themselves that way yeah
0: wow and 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 so then they they end up recording i guess yeah because you guys got to deal with solid gold i guess brian parlayed that into a deal for the headpins as well hmm because they were solid gold as well were they not yeah 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 and so that uh, and then that album took off like a bullet I mean it was literally at the fastest selling record in Canada at that time I think be, yeah. it was one of those things where I figured okay well let's move on but it's so sad because you guys were such a winning combination the three of you yeah. you know I I, w- I would have loved to have seen that kept going but I'm sure you would too maybe I don't know
1: well yeah I would have but you know it's funny how it worked out because um I'm going to tell you the the real story here because you know Brian was an amazing perfectionist, right? And I learned a lot from him in that way. Like I learned how to do that. And we would we would record and 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 when we were recording, we'd ask the engineer to let us use the machine and we would be pu- doing the punches. And we'd punch in the middle of anything and we had timing and I learned this and I learned it from him. He said he talked to me about my time. He said, "You know, you, you should you should play drums you need to work on your time and you should play drums and that would do it right so i got a kit and and i started doing that and and i really did see what a what you know what was going on like just making the two sticks land on the snare at precisely the same time you know you it's not so easy and so I learned a bunch of stuff from him, okay? So we got and we got very in the cracks, all that stuff we're talking about perfection, that's what we were doing, right? We were doing we were making the perfect records. That's what we were doing. So it was kind of the way it was going on those days. Anyway, um long story short, before we went out and toured uh uh Opus 10 because we never toured want to be a star. But then we did really it did really well, but we didn't go out and tour it. And so we did then we did Opus 10 and now it was time to go out and tour. And and Brian came up with this thing. And uh he he and Ab basically we had a meeting and he said, you know, I why don't you come out on this tour and just sing? Don't play your guitar. He said, the Thing is, it's really hard to get the tuning to really sit nice with the two guitars so you know it was it was hard for me because it was like a rejection Mm. you know you could take it that way yeah and and part of me did yeah but I decided I said well okay I'll give it a try I've always kind of been that way (laughs) I would try almost anything right and um so we went out and it was just it was all wrong for me I just didn't know what to do with myself i didn't have a guitar you know it's always been the guitar singing came much later the guitar was where my music came from right Mm -hmm. and and uh, so halfway through that tour we just and i blew my voice and everything so halfway through through that tour we just cut it we just ended it we got back into vancouver we flew back into vancouver the next day i got a call from brian and he said you know he says i i think i want to make uh headpins my top priority and I said to him you know that doesn't work for me and uh because you know I'd sort of had enough too right, right. yeah well I can we see how you tell that side of the story it's like yeah wow. we both Pretty we, shocking actually yeah we both had really had uh, we we I was really sorry that I couldn't influence him as much as he influenced me that I couldn't get him to see the other side, that when you sing something, and and it has an energy to it, that's you, it's, it's got an energy to it, and there's a wrong note in it, or there's a little bit of tuning, maybe that's not such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe what you really want is this musical phrase to connect with people. Maybe that's what you really want, rather than being perfect. I could not get him to see that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I and, and it's probably not entirely fair to him to say that, because because, he, you know, when you went to see him play, I mean, there was no lack of energy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. He's playing his guitar. It's like, whoa, shit. You know, it's like it's really there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I say that with that caveat. I have to, I have to attach that caveat to it. But anyway, so, so that's how we went, went our separate ways. But the cool thing was that we still were friends. Mm-hmm. We ended in a, in a way where we understood. We, neither of us liked certain things. And it made us split up, but we weren't fighting about it. I went to see him two
0: weeks before he died at the, uh, at, at the hospital.
1: Right. And of
0: course I, I, I walked in and of course I was shocked at how much he'd, you know, disintegrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was so skinny as you know, and no hair and all uh, the only reason I knew it was him is because on the back of his wheelchair, it said too loud. Yeah. And, uh, wow. I remember walking up and so I go, I'm visiting him and we're yakking and laughing away. Uh, Denny Driscoll was there, I believe and his girlfriend, Margarita yeah. at the time. And, um, and I think they were actually planning their wedding, but it, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And um, so, but as I'm leaving, Brian walks me or wheels beside me in his wheelchair. And he walks up, he goes, Hey Mick, he says, I love seeing you, man. He said, but uh, next time you come, make sure to call first. Cause Bill and I are doing a new Chilliwack album. It was two weeks before he passed away. I mean, he was sick as a dog and he was yeah. still absolutely yeah. motivated. Like, yeah. nothing was going to stop that guy. No. Uh, Sam. I, I, I remember you sang at his funeral. You did fly at night at his funeral. I yeah. That. And uh, if I remember correctly, I think Sam Feldman spoke and said that Brian had asked him for an advance on the next album the week before he died. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> like, that, but.
1: Yeah. I, like, I oh, know.
0: No, there's a guy who, like, cancer wasn't going to stop him. He didn't care. You know, no. he was just so, so motivated. Like, yeah. But uh, that reminds me just as a as a nerd here how did how did you guys go about recording songs like let's say uh gong Gone, Gong, Gone, my girl, like what was the bed track? was it you on a guitar and him on drums type of thing, or was it the
1: three of you playing bass drums and I think what probably happened is what we kind of normally did was we would uh, uh Ab and I would play with him, and he'd be playing. Uh, the drums and we'd basically just be going for a drum track. Right. So he'd hear the song going by and all of that and he he'd get the drum track worked out. Then we'd get the bass and Ab would do the bass and then we'd we you know, play guitars and pianos and stuff like that and build it up. That's kinda of how it went. One yeah. of the most beautiful music
0: one of the most beautiful moments in pop music history is that chord you guys hit and, my God Yeah right. Oh my God, what a moment! I still hear that and I get shivers. It was just incredible. And of course, I guess Brian's voice—he's got the mug. Yeah
1: right, all the way down.
0: Oh good, that must have taken him a lot to get those notes.
1: Right down to that, right? I know
0: because nowadays you tweak it with you know that's analog. You had to perform it. You couldn't. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You couldn't. Well, you could. You could vary speed, but it always sounded weird anyway. If you did.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be right. No, no, okay. he, he, he actually sang it and we, we punched the shit out of it, but thank oh you. did. Yeah. And one me. of the reasons we had to punch too is because we, we had a, it was a Neumann, uh, I think it was a 47. Okay. It had a really, really cool sound, almost, almost like a, a 40s sound. really right. soft, really soft. So Brian sang it on that and we got the thing hanging, right? It's right in front of his mouth. Like he's going gong, gong, gong. She was not so long. She means gong, 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 so long and it's all this breath happening like this right. and the thing would get they would get waterlogged and quick <laughs> he'd get a couple phrases out the mic would would break down and we'd have to wait we learned to do this we'd just wait you know wait for about five minutes or six minutes and then turn it back on again and it'd be all right and away we go we do some more you know he's just he's on this you know
0: <laughs> i wonder i wonder if that's the microphone they used, but not king cole back in the day because yeah you, know, you listen to his stuff like I, I said this in another interview somewhere, I forget who I was talking to. It's like I listened to his voice; just comes. It's it's like it was recorded yesterday. It's unbelievable the crackle, mind you. A microphone loved his voice first of all, but yeah, second absolutely. of all, there was something in that chain they used that was magical. Yeah.
1: Incredible,
0: yeah. incredible sound.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those some of those old mics were really amazing, yeah. and he. I mean, he just obviously had to to be able to do that with that microphone, any microphone you know you had to have what a sound you know his sound was just like velvet right beautiful
0: yeah and he never wanted to be a singer you
1: know yeah he wanted to be a jazz he's a player he
0: he just wanted to play when they suggested you say i'm not a
1: singer yeah yeah. one
0: of the greatest voices of all time yeah how many times that happened right oh
1: gosh unbelievable
0: hey thanks for joining us check out our other vignettes and full episodes from a wide variety of guests for more great content Please like, share, and subscribe, and become a member at socialenergypresents.com to access premium content and earn valuable energy points just for watching.